podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This week on the Copite Podcast, we talk Spurs, Southampton, and we touch on the recent racial controversy. All this to come. Next. Welcome back to the Cop Pipe Podcast. I'm Matt. I'm Mick. And today we're here with our guest Steve Hall from the Redmond TV. Hi, Steve. Hello, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on, mate. Uh, we'll, we'll basically stick to our, our usual little template that we've got going on. We'll talk about the last match, which was uh, stressful. It was very stressful. Uh, I ended up accidentally like slicing open my hand because I've got these really horrible like aluminium blinds at my flat, and I stood up. And then when the ball went at the back of the night, I just started smacking anything. And I just got like, a gash. And I was like, oh, well, it's worth it, isn't it? So uh, I watched with my future brother-in-law. And uh, as the goal went in, we both kind of jumped and done a, an awkward hug slash <laughs> thing. Yeah. And it, I ended up with a bloody nose. He ended up headbutting me in the face. <laughs> so yeah, and um, my four-year-old son who was in the room was crying his eyes off because uh, I think we shocked him. By, by, so yeah, I'm, I'm very much in the... In this injury camp as well, would you say? Yeah, I watched it with my brother, pretty much the same, just ju- kind of weird sl- hug slash jumping up and down together. Move to the middle, mate. I'm on it. So you can see you. Do you want some eye contact, Steve? Is that what you need? I'll go on, whatever floats your boat. This chair doesn't move very well either. Yeah. It's a bit of, give me the shit one today, haven't you? Yeah, so what was your reaction then? Well, it was c- because of the, the way it happened, it was a bit unexpected, wasn't it? The, the ball in and then... Salah headed across. I kind of just expected Loris just to gobble that one up, mm. and the, the way that, that it all happened uh, was it Alderweireld and Loris both went to get it, and they must have thought the other one was going to get it, so they both didn't get it, <laughs> and it just rolled in. I think the circumstances were just mad, weren't it? He is a bit prone to mistakes, isn't he, Loris? Yeah, he's, he's a bit rubbish, yeah. to be honest. He's, he's he's got really quality moments, and then he's got like these moments of mingle in him, and he's just mental. Yeah. So um, you watched the whole match, I'm assuming, like, I everyone else. <laughs> Got off to a decent-ish start. Yeah, I thought we exploited their system quite well at first. Um, obviously, we, we figured out quite early on where the space was, and it was out wide. Yeah. And obviously, that's at their, our fullbacks are our most uh, potent weapons, you think. Or you know, Certainly in terms of creating goals, obviously both of them, they've been banging assists in for fun, haven't they? So I think at first, our, the way we set up kind of took advantage of how they set up. Yeah. Um, and like I say, the goal, you felt like it was coming. It, was one of those, it wasn't like a, a ball from the blue, which yeah. the second one kind of was. The first one, you you could kind of sense that it, it, you know, we were knocking on the door, and it was only, it was a matter of when. And, and even the type of goal, you could tell it was going to be a cross into the box that we were going to score yeah. from. You could just see it coming yeah. a mile off. And and like I say, Jürgen deserves credit for that because we're not really great starters. I don't think all the time. Sometimes we, we feel our way into games, but I think we got onto the fact how Tottenham were playing very quickly, and, and like I say, took advantage. Yeah, I mean, it was. Not the easiest game to come back from international breaks, in all fairness, um, in my opinion, at least. Um, fun, fun fact, well, fun fact, it's not really that fun. Mm-hmm. Apparently Spurs haven't won a game since Kane's got back from injury, which is a bit shocking, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's really good. Yeah, <laughs> but, um, yeah well, we, well, we took the lead, I felt like we deserved it, but then something that's sort of become a bit of a trend in a few games this year, we score a goal and then they seem to just change and the pressure just stops and they sort of, Intensity-wise, yeah, yeah. it just drops, doesn't yeah. it? 
I think you can probably credit Spurs because they switched systems they very really quickly. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think the fact that you know our, we were set up perfectly to, to go against what their three at the back because it would just give our, our fullbacks lots of width. But when they kind of changed it, they were kind of went to like a five-man midfield almost and yeah. left Kane up. Well, or even you know four-five-one, and then as soon as that happened, I thought it, it nullified the wing backs, and we didn't really like say the midfield we selected is very workmanlike and and it. It does its job in that when the fullbacks go, their the job is to cover the space. Yeah. They're almost like you know firefighters. They'll let Trent and Robertson go and they'll cover. As soon as we have to try and play through the middle, none of those three are really what you'd call you know a, a creative yeah, player, yeah. really. They're all workman like. And I think Spurs, to be fair to me, Pochettino's good at this. Sometimes he does pick the wrong team, but I think he adapts very quickly. He, he, he spots what's happening. Yeah. And it, obviously, 20 minutes into the game, whatever he knows, and he makes that change. And from then on, really, up until... I don't know, maybe the last five, ten minutes, I thought Tottenham battered us. Yeah, they did. From, from, yeah, from the m- moment they went to like a, a five midfield to 80, 80, 80, 85 minutes, even after they'd scored, they looked like they were going to score again. Yeah, they did. It wasn't until near the very, very end where we, we got back into it. I thought they were much better than us. I thought they were going to score a lot sooner than they did. Georgia just, they came yeah. out, and part of the fact that they responded to the goal pretty well, in the second half they came out and they had us penned back, and I was like, this is not going well. Yeah. I, I, the, and their goal was similar. It was coming. Yeah. It, was, it was. It was when, not if. Um, and even after the goal, I, I remember saying, I was sit, sitting with, with my friend, and I said, like, they they might score again. They're going to get chances. And to be fair, they had two or three really, really, really good chances where they could have scored. So should have scored if you. I, mean, if, I think right now, if that's any defender except Virgil, that two on one ends in a goal. Absolutely. Yeah. And definitely. Yeah. yeah. For sure. And like I say, do you have the obviously. Uh, Deli Ali comes within a whisker of putting one in the top corner, which he yeah. you know he usually scores that goal. He scored it a plenty of times. We were quite lucky that he got away with it because he was in acres of space. So it, it was interesting. Again, I thought Tottenham. If you football doesn't always work that way, does it? Like the best yeah. team doesn't always win, and that's that's just the, the way of the world. You've got to take your chances, and God knows we've been victims of that millions of times throughout yeah. the years. But I think if you're a Tottenham fan, you'd be proud of how your team played from 15 minutes on. You just. Again, it's the, them's the breaks, I suppose, and you get a, you get a bit of bad luck, a yep. bit of, and a bit of good luck going for us. And listen, you don't, you're not top of the table or near top of the table at this stage of the season against a really good side without a little bit of luck. And we've had it, we've had plenty this year. And we've got a little yeah. bit more. I, mean, I think it's probably perfect scenario for Liverpool that now Spurs are fourth, and they need to turn it on against City in order to stay in that Champions League spot. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, what, what, what do you think of the match when? Before we scored the winner, um, like you said, the second half, you kind of expected Spurs to come out pretty much straight away, and they did. Um, usually, like it's like a ten-minute onslaught second half, and then usually we try and we usually get a grip of the game again, but it, it didn't seem to happen this time. It felt like they were just pressing, and like Steve said, it was a case of when, not if. Uh, obviously, their goal. I'm not sure. It, I think it was a foul, and then Kane whipped it out to Trippier. I'm not sure if that ball was stationary or not. It looked like yeah, it was moving it a little bit. If it was going to be being yeah, right. about it, it looked like it was still moving a little bit. Yeah. And that's why it, when we got the goal at the end, got that bit of luck. I was like, that's kind of balanced it out in a way. Yeah. Because I, I was saying before, you know, they they were on top, <laughs> but they didn't really create too many chances no. in terms of open play. Our shape was actually mm. quite good. They had they were, they were seeing a lot of the ball and. They, yeah. they were they were good on the ball, but they never really tested Allison too yeah. too often. Yeah. It was only like say a, a bit of quick thinking from Kane that kind of cut us open. It wasn't like yeah. they were playing through us and getting shots and shots and shots. It was actually after they scored that they had the better chances and yeah. looked like they were going to score again. I yeah. think maybe we got a little bit 
desperate we knew we had to win and, and left ourselves we did leave ourselves we left ourselves two against one and on the halfway line which is yeah. it's borderline criminal but that 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 free kick by Kane it's just like those little moments that it they separate good players from great players like for him to know that that's on it's quick and yeah. again more often than not when you're England's captain and you're the poster boy of the Premier League you'll get away with a little move and ball yeah. Yeah. it happened to us didn't it we got away one against Fulham earlier in the season yeah. you, big teams kind of get that call yeah. and England's captain kind of gets that call going yeah, for them and it was it was very clever from him and that, that was the only time really they got in front of our goal before that yeah. it was just like I said if, if, if they never scored that one I always felt they were going to get one at some point or they were going to get a really really good chance it, that's just the way it came about. It came about it because of you know very very quick thinking from a, a top player. Well, we got quite lucky, I suppose, with the with the goal. Uh, we were being honest. I don't think we did, we definitely didn't deserve to win that game, based on how well Tottenham played. Yeah. I think Klopp gets criticised often for how long he takes to make a few subs, and I think he did take a while to make subs because the game was sort of getting out of our hands. But the subs worked, I think, because yeah. Fabinho came on and he did settle the midfield more than it was. And then Origi ended up get, like, attacking to get the corner that we ended up scoring from. What what's your opinion on Origi? Do you reckon he's got he's got a place in this team? Uh, in off, the team, uh, off the bench. Yeah, he's well. He's kind of you say Sturridge and Shakiri as the first sub, now, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, beginning yeah. of the season, Sturridge was the man who came on first all the time, and it worked again. You only have to look at Chelsea to yeah. see when that works. Um, Shakiri then kind of takes that mantle where he's first sub, and again, Man United is an example where that pays well, off. Yeah. He's he scored a couple of good goals, um, and now it looks like it's a Rigi. And I get why. In that, if you bring those other two on, you're kind of changing how you want to play. So if you're ingrained into this system and this style of play, while Rigi isn't as good as obviously he's not Sadio Mane and he's not Mo Salah. If you stick him on the wing, he at least offers you the pace. Doesn't change. He's still there. He can still beat, beat his man. He's very very physical. He's massive. He's if you ever meet him, he's, he's, yeah, he's when you first see him on TV. Sometimes you think he's only he's massive. He's huge. It must be really dispiriting when you see him come on as a full-back. So I think listen, he's not perfect and there's a reason why he's a sub and the reason why he's in the position he is. But as fair subs go, I don't think he's a bad one. No. And like I say, he's, he's directly contributed some big moments in the season already, which, again, before the year, I hadn't even considered him as part of the squad. I remember doing mm-hmm. you know, various squad-building exercises or whatever, and he, it was just a case of, well, he's going to go. Yeah. It, it was like an afterthought. And like I say, he's, he's produced some big moments. And I thought... When he again, I thought Fabinho was brilliant when he came on. I thought he, he got he won us the ball back so often. He needs to just keep starting. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I can only imagine it's because it's got to be a fitness thing and a clock. There's yeah. going to be a tons of running about, and yeah. he maybe doesn't fancy him for that. Also, he's a very good sub, and that might come into it. But I agree, I'd start him every game if he's fit from now on. And I say, Rigi, he's good in both instances. If, if you're chasing the game, he's good because you know. The way when he come on in that game, he comes on as an extra attacker. So it's just direct, isn't it? You add them. You they've already got the three that they've got to defend, and then he comes on as a fourth. And also in games when you're winning, I think he's a good. He holds the ball up well. He's you, yeah. know, you can, can stick yeah. it in behind, and he'll chase lost causes. So I know he runs out of contract next year. If Liverpool want to, and if he wanted to, I wouldn't be against them signing him for a couple. He's only twenty three, about ten, twenty four. Yeah, he's yeah. been about for so long because we because he's we've been had him since eighteen. Yeah, he's been had him since he was a kid, but. Yeah. He's got something there. He's got he's got attributes that I think can definitely come in handy. And I will, he'll start a game between now and the end of the season of that I'm certain, and I, I, I I'd expect him to do quite well. I mean, we were talking about it earlier, a few podcasts before that. There's a reason why Klopp's kept him about. Like, wasn't it Klopp's first full season that Origi just blitzed it in the Europa League, just 
ended up being our top goal scorer. Yeah, Dom, Scott, and Dom, didn't he? Had a yeah, home goals. and away. Yeah, done really well. He's definitely a workman. Um, and I just, I think right now for our system, he's a lot better coming on than Studge. I think yeah, Studge, well, we're talking about Studge's legs just seem to have gone. That's yeah. I mean, like he was like Steve said, he was like kind of when you thought about what what your team's going to be for next season, what your squad's going to be for next season, he was kind of cast aside by everyone. Like oh, when he's going to be going, like the likes of Sturridge there, but we'll, and we'll have to invest a bit, a bit more heavily in them areas. But like you said, like he's he's obviously implying himself very well in training. Like and he's he's, he's nearly twenty four. He offers a threat. He's tall. He's strong. He's quick. And if he's, if he's happy playing second fiddle and he's happy with coming off the bench and making a difference now and again, then why would you not want? I don't to think him? he's a, a great fo- centre forward anymore. I don't oh, think no. that's in his game. Yeah, but yeah. I think as a wide forward, yeah. I think he offers you a lot because yeah. again, when, when he's come on a centre forward at times, and again, that's what he was for a while, and he was really good. Like I mentioned, yeah. Klopp's first and first year before his injury, yeah. he was excellent. He really was. Even when he come back after the injury, he was okay. But he looked now. He looked like he's he's made that left hand side his own because he can beat you both ways. Yeah. Where I think at centre forward, I'm not sure he's. I don't think you want him and it, playing the little, you know, our little one twos like for me, you know, on the edge of the box. That isn't his game. But in terms of his, you know, his, his, his pace and his power, and he's got a really strong shot on him. We saw it against Watford that goal yeah. where he cuts inside. I think as a, as a wide left forward, I think he's a, a really decent option. I think I, again, he, I think we'll see more of him between now and the end of the season for sure. And he's kind of earned that himself because he started the season. As, as an afterthought, and he's he yeah. put himself above storage, and now he's above Origi. You know, even Naby Keita, who we've seen play left wing, he's gone above him in the pecking order. So, yeah. I think definitely. Klopp's a big believer in training ground, and if you yeah, perform on the training, if you perform on the training ground, or, and you, then then you'll get your chance. And I said it with Alana, didn't he? Yeah, so he exactly, started, exactly. Well. And it, that it looks so for me. If nothing else, it was a fellow who we thought was gone. And he probably could have been sulking and feeling sorry for himself. And he's obviously done something. He's clawed his way back in. Yeah, for sure. Because he's, he's now he's like say he's our twelfth. He's our twelfth player in, in terms of our, he's our first attack and change. So fair play to him. Yeah. And then so talk about the goal then. When Salah headed the ball, I was of the mindset of head it low, head it near post. Like, and then it just it bundled in, and it took me a while to be like, that is that going to count? Is it, what's going on? Like. It just caught me off guard, like completely off yeah. guard. I think the way I think at the post match interview he said I think Carragher said to him, Were you haven't were you going for goal? And he, he said, said yeah. yeah, and I was surprised by that because I thought he tried I, head I thought he'd try and head it across. Goal, yeah. But it looked like he was trying to go for goal and like the the way it all happened, it obviously was very lucky the way it went in, but uh, expecting to be squared and that and then obviously there was another chance where I think it was the second half near, well, I think sixty odd minutes uh, we had a counter attack and he could have slipped in Mane there as yeah, well. Yeah, he took a touch yeah, of a shot. He took a, took, yeah, yeah. It's, actually a, it's actually a poor decision for to go to goal. If you think of yeah. it logically, yeah. He, yeah. Probably, that probably should be going across goal. He, that's his job, though. He's a goal scorer. Every goal scorer will go for goal. You know, put Harry Kane in the same situation with Deli Ali on the yeah. six yard box, and I bet you Harry Kane heads course, that yeah. towards goal as well. Yeah. And it worked. <laughs> yeah, but you know, you need a bit of luck sometimes when you're in a bad, bad bit of form. And what I say is that he done well to get himself back on side because the whole team was offside except him. He's alive to it. He, and ultimately, and we've been through this. I, I mentioned before. I'm not a big Lloris fan. I don't think he's particularly that good. If you keep putting pressure on a goalie who's a bit vulnerable, and Liverpool clearly think he's vulnerable because we targeted them all game. Yeah, we had lads round one every corner. We were standing on his toes. We were giving him a knock. It's, it's not often we do that as well, yeah, is it? So like it was obviously a pointed tactic as well. We, yeah. we don't we don't yeah. fancy this lad. There's yeah. something about him that we think. And we've had it done to us. We've had Simon Mignolet and teams have had a go, had a go, had a go, and it might not impact him in that particular moment. But at another moment, like it, 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 and Burnley. it goes. And they just targeted Alisson, they just blocked him out, didn't they? And it can work for you. And it, 
he's he's not that good. So if you keep, you know, yeah. if if Simon Mignolet's in goal and someone else heads that ball, or Simon Mignolet drops it, you're not really surprised. I went that surprised that Larice done it because mm. I don't think he's that good. And the the way it goes in is listen, it's, it's hugely fortunate, like yeah. you say, it bounces off Alderweireld, and then I think they both leave it for each other. I think Alderweireld's worried about kicking his goalie in the head. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he pulls yeah. his foot back. Yeah, I think yeah, he gets it, maybe he gets stuck in. The, I don't know, and. It, it's very, very fortunate because he's a top defender. And it just—it's it, one of those. But yeah. again, we've conceded similar goals. How many times? You know, James Milner's in a European Cup final and gets that in his face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bad, bad luck happens sometimes, and like I say, yeah. it, it just—it's them's the breaks. And Tottenham will be kicking themselves that they never put the game to bed. And again, we know as well as anyone. Fulham's a perfect example. You know, you can be bat- battering a team. And if you don't put the game to bed or you don't take exactly. your chances, there's always there's always a mistake in someone. Yeah, and like I say, Tottenham done what Tottenham kind of do is that the that it's why they're a very 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 good team and not an elite level team. It's because they they just don't kill teams off too often. Yeah, get beaten exactly. And that's we the kind of way Liverpool were. I'd say two years ago, when that, you, you can tell yeah. they're a good team and they're on the rope with Kevin and they've got the new ground and the the facilities are coming on, but they're not quite there yet and. Their issue will be how long do the top players stay around before? Because yeah. you know there's only there's only so often that you know if if, if you, it, it can be going really 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 well, but when someone massive comes sniffing with like you know we had it with Phil Coutinho in that we were we, we were clearly on upward curve you could see it, yeah. but Phil had been there for four or five years and then Barcelona come call and yeah, it's exactly. like fine yeah. as good as Kane and Ali and Eriksson and they're all top players and they see Spurs on upward curve. There's only so long before they think. Liverpool and City are miles away from us still, and here's a chance for me to go and play for Madrid or Barca or City. Yeah. And it wouldn't be a huge surprise if one of those three, for example, leaves in the summer. And that's that's the key that, for all of them to leave. I mean, God help them if that happens. But that's why I think I feel sometimes sorry for Pochettino when his hands are tied and he's doing a good job. But ultimately, you know. You, when you build a new stadium, you kind of have to bite the bullet a little bit, and they're going to have to do that now. And it, yeah. if they can, if they can stay where they are for two or three years in terms of, you know, Champions League quarterfinals, yeah. top four all the time, all the time, they'll have done really well. But that isn't, you know, finishing top four isn't good enough for some players. And I wouldn't like, for example, I, I, if I had to guess, I would think Ericsson might go in the summer, for example. Yeah, well, yeah. apparently if rumours that'll be believed. Zidane wants him. Yeah, and then and you go. Not very few players don't. Yeah, I just think. It's the, it, they're almost the story at Liverpool where a couple of years ago is that we got very, very, very close and because we didn't get there, you kind of have to start your cycle again and Spurs might be getting to the point where they come second a couple of times, they got very, very close. They might have to end up going again, which is, I mean, it's good news for us. From a, For them, I can, if I was a Tottenham fan, I would be, like, you'd be tearing your hair off at, the, at, at some of the things that they've been doing. Yeah. This is the thing with Spurs, like they've got all these world-class players now that they signed for pennies in footballing terms. Now, they're going to sell an Ericsson, for example, for like 70-plus million. And the way they work, they're not going to spend 70-plus million on one player. No. So they might sell all these players, get all this money, but they won't come back to where they are now for another five years. That's, that's the, and that's the worry for them. I would, if I was them, I would be concerned. Like, they done it with Gareth Bale. They saw Gareth Bale, and they, they kind of, it didn't work. Obviously, Ericsson was at the time, I think. But other than that, you know, the likes of Lamella hasn't really done Some much. Dollar. He's had one good yeah. season. It, has, it didn't really work out for them. Um, yeah, I, I, I kind of see similarities in, in 
you know, the Rodgers, Liverpool, Sell Suarez, got, that, that, exactly, yeah, it, 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 yeah. It's all it's all well and good thinking, oh, we got the money to spend, but you don't, you know, don't spend it. <laughs> and Tottenham's transfer record is patchy, always yeah. has been. Even even under Pochettino, it's not yeah. brilliant. There's there's some hits, obviously, there's some misses. Um, yeah, uh, from from a Liverpool point of view, I think it's good news. I was actually had a conversation today. I was at Redmond and I was having a conversation saying, um, if you're a Liverpool fan, you probably want Tottenham to finish fifth. Yeah. Or sixth because it kind of it kind of writes them off for a year because yeah in you know, I'd you know going to sign yeah I'd rather like I don't I don't dislike Tottenham but they're a threat oh, yeah. whereas I do dislike Chelsea but if you give me the choice I'd rather Chelsea finish fourth but Chelsea can't sign anyone anyway exactly yeah, so exactly, Chelsea, yeah. exactly that and Tottenham finishing fifth or sixth having moved into the, into this new stadium something's got to give there you know it, it, the, the yeah. bank balance it, the bank balance isn't infinite so like, from a from a purely you know passionate point of view obviously. United fifth and Chelsea sixth or vice versa yeah, would yeah. be best for well, for Liverpool as a team. I think if Tottenham finish outside that top four, it's, it's be a great, it'd yeah. be a good advantage for us. Yeah, 100%. Well, we just got touched on the ball. We got into the Tottenham thing talking about Alderweireld. He's a very good defender, and I think the win for us came from our defenders. We talked about Virgil already, the two on one, but Robertson and Eriksen, I'm not sure, was that the first half, the second half? Um, second half? Fair. Second half. Yeah. Yeah. What, the, the Robertson the block. block? Second half, yeah. That was. Yeah. As important as ever. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Because that was going in. Well, I was going to say when talking about Lodi, so I was going to say I was going to say what, what did you make of Allison? Because I think that's the first time I've seen him. What can I say? He was consistently shaky. Yeah, he was. He was quite mm. a few times. Like usually, you'll make one and you'll be like, right, he'll get over that because he's so mentally strong. He, 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 very he, he just he just forgets yeah. about it and gets on with it. But there was a couple like there was a through ball, I think. And he slid out for it, and it just kind of bobbled out of his hands. And then there was a couple of crosses that came in, and he, I was he worried. In the face as well. Yeah, I was worried that he wasn't like I don't know. I don't know if he, but yeah, that was. I was going to say, what did you what did you make? Yeah, he's bad. It's probably, probably his worst game. Yeah. He's, he'll every goal he'll make mistakes. Yeah. Even the best ones, just David Hay makes a mistake against Arsenal for United. Off tough me, you know, they all do it. He's but like you say, he usually recovers. But yeah. I thought his, you know, his main, one of his main attributes is kicking, and it was dreadful. It was really yeah. bad. It was, you know. We mentioned Virgil before the the defender, but the bit when we end, the ball ends up straight to Harry Kane's feet almost, and Virgil has to bail. And Virgil's really well to bail him out. His kicking was poor. His, yeah. his decision making, like I say, he ends up clashing with Milner and it ends up hitting him in the face. It was the first time where across a ninety minute spell he's looked really shaky. I don't know what. Hopefully it's just a, a bad day at the office. Yeah. He's had a he's had yeah. a bad week or something. I don't know, but like, he'll make mistakes. Everyone does, but it, it was. It was it was a reminder of the bad old days with with like a Minulay or a Carius where yeah. from minute one to minute ninety you were you were worried about worried, him, yeah. and it was only near the end where he actually you know he comes out with that late cross and he, he calms it down where you thought that's a bit more like it. You know? It yeah. shows the difference because yeah. with Minulay he would have been shaky through ninety minutes through whatever he had a, a, a first minute to like eighty eighth minute <laughs> shakiness <laughs> and that last six thought wait you know what like I'm one of the best keepers in the world I've got to like, show up. Yeah. I suppose it's a nice problem to have, like we're, we're saying this, but only because Allison set the bar that high this season. Like I know he's had a couple of uh, a couple of errors here and there against Leicester, for example, and stuff like that. But he set the bar that high, and we expect it very high quality from him now. In in all like all attributes, like he's he's one of the probably the best all round goalie in the world. Yeah, so every goalie can have a day. Yeah. You just have to hope that when he has his day, you still win the game. Yeah. And to be fair, like, that that can happen. Okay, I've seen Edison have shockers for City where he gives pens away for nothing yeah. but it doesn't really matter because it's 3-0 you know what I mean and that yeah. kind of thing is that all goal, no, no goalie in the world is, is, a, is 100% brilliant all the time and Manuel Neuer is brilliant you know, Sadio Mane makes a fool of him yeah. it can happen 
my worry was in that game is that usually he'll shake a mistake off, but from the first minute he had the ball, he was like, oh, and then the next one was, oh, oh dear, and then it kept going on and on yeah, and on. It and and it, that was the worry is that like, every time he had the ball was free, it was again. It was like 2016, 17 all over again. Where I was like, "Oh shit!" I think we got we got quite lucky that he had a really shaky game, but never really got tested. Yeah, that every mistake he was making was him yeah. making the mistake. It wasn't that he had to make a save? Because yeah. I can't really remember him having to make a save. I think yeah, pretty much all their shots were off target, weren't they? I or blocks? Or, yeah, because like that that Ericsson thing, for example, that was definitely going in. Yeah, like Allison was diving up, that ball was going yeah. on the floor. We had Robo to thank, but thankfully that we won. Uh, and that's all well and good. I think we're, we're top now. We've so got game in hand yeah, tonight. Tonight, is it? I should record this tonight, yeah. But yeah. I mean, they'll win that. So they'll yeah. Win. Oh, yeah. especially if Neil Warnock plays on the <laughs> Yeah, so. Like he's threatening <laughs> to do. Yeah. But again, yeah. they're going to win. They're yeah. going to be Cardiff, so, aren't they? So, I mean, they're, they're fighting for survival. They're five points off the no, drop. Done. No, the other ones are done. Uh, the yeah. they're, they're five points off the drop, aren't they? So they, they're fighting for survival, but City are going to battle them. I mean, it if, if you're Neil Warnock, it makes sense to. Get battered with your reserves and then actually fight better at the weekend. Yeah. yeah. So again, as we record, we don't know. Obviously, people listening will know, but I think we should expect that they get that city obviously go top, but then we get the chance. I don't. They to don't go top, to again. go top, and then they don't play because obviously they have got the FA Cup semi final. Yeah. So it's it's little things like that where if you can just keep chipping away, chipping away, chipping. Away. Listen, they they're brilliant and they might just win every game. Yeah. And then there's nothing you can do. Yeah. But we need to make sure that. I think that their players spoke about it after the Leicester game that we drew. It gave them a little bit of a boost because they lost and then we only drew. We didn't, we didn't really take advantage. We need to kind of flip that on tail. We just need to keep win, 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 and then they don't give them that easy game where you know where they can afford a draw or they can afford you know because yeah. if we if we slip up there's a time and a place where they can draw a game or even lose one depending on it. We just need to make sure that they have to win and win and win and make yeah. make them win seven and make and if they do. Congratulations, you deserve to be champions. Yeah, for me, it what that, that's what that winner. I, I, I heard Pep say um, his reaction. They asked him on the press conference. He was like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, yeah. and and I kind of, it would be because because you think you're getting a there's your break, there's our chance. We'll we'll be top or level with a game in hand. This is absolutely perfect yeah. for us. Got better goal difference, and then that happens. And I can imagine the same happening. The, the Fulham game and yeah. the Everton game and all these late goals. It must be very demoralising against City. Are brilliant. I keep saying this, but the human as well. You know, they're not they're not robots. They're not, they're not yeah. as much as they're not yeah. machines. And it will have even if it doesn't affect the players, it might affect their fan base or whatever. And just just keep chipping away and make it make it as hard as you can. Don't don't you know? Don't do what Tottenham did when Leicester won the league and just fall, fall to bits. Yeah, yeah. Make them make them have to win it and make them have to win it on the last day if you have to. Yeah. And that's kind of what we're doing at the minute. I mean, I think obviously everyone's going to say, "Oh, game at a time, game at a time." These guys have definitely got their eye on United. Yep. That's where they're possibly... If they're going to slip up, it's there. Or Tottenham, yeah. Or Tottenham. Because yeah. it goes... I think it's Tottenham Champions League. Midweek, it's United. Then at the weekend, I think it's mm-hmm. Tottenham again. They've got Tottenham back-to-back, I think. Yeah. Tottenham the, in the Champions League and Tottenham in the league. And then they've got United yeah. in between as well. Yeah. Like, so that, they have a rough you can imagine between them up. four, it's, that's where it's going to be won and lost, isn't it? If we don't slip up and when, when they get there, that's where I think the title's won and lost. Because... Unfortunately, if they do have the quality to, to win all those games, if they beat Tottenham and United, then I think the title's pretty much theirs, because you can't really. With us, we can have a a blinding game and still be kept out, but you, I don't think you can keep out this City team. Do you know the one? Maybe I think they have to go to Palace and they have to go oh, to yeah. Burnley, which Palace, is. Yeah. But you'd expect them to win. I agree. Is that it's the, that's what I'm saying. You know. The battle. Not only did we win in Tottenham, we get the points. We keep we drag them further into that top four battle, yeah. where 
when they obviously they are play City in the Champions League and they, they can't really afford to rest players because they you know the fail safe of top four is, is they can't just put all their eggs in win the Champions League. They've got this new stadium to pay for. They've got tons on their car on their case. So not only did we boost ourselves, we kind of kept Tottenham in that in that top four race. And the longer they're in that, and if they have to play their best team against City in the league, then again that only benefits us. Same with United getting beat uh, as last, we, night. last night. It, it's, yeah. it, it just keeps it all as a big bunch. And what we just what we don't want is for them to get to the a game against City where they're either safe in terms of top four or they're well out of it where they will rest players. We want them right in a battle for it. And yeah. at the moment. The way the, it's all falling out, it looks like that's going to be the, the case. And uh, like I say, it, we are rely- it's horrible that we are relying on someone else to do us a favour, especially those two teams. But yeah. it, it, it is what it is now, mm-hmm. and we just have to hope that City do some slip up somewhere. Well, we've got, we've got Southampton next it's Friday night. Friday night, yeah. Thoughts? What do you think? It's going to be tricky, isn't it? Because they've, they've been in quite good form recently, to be fair. They, I think they beat Spurs at their ground, didn't they? Not long ago, 2 1. Mm-hmm. So that, like, obviously, Spurs play really well against us. Um, so that says quite a lot, really. Um, oh, it's, it's going to be a tricky one, isn't it? Like we're away, aren't we? As well, yeah. away. So yeah, it's going to be. I still fancy us to do it. I still fancy us to do it. I spe- like, obviously, it, it depends a lot on what happens tonight. Uh, the City game. Obviously, when this goes out, that'll be sewn up, and they'll be of one ten nil anyway. So it doesn't matter. But if the, if by some minor miracle, Cardiff can get a point or whatever, and then it, it's only going to gear us up for that Friday night game. Even more. Yeah, I think. Uh... I think it'd probably be another like one goal thing. It's going to be tight, isn't it? But yeah, right now, honestly, we won every game one nil or two one to the end of the season. More than happy. Uh, I'm I'm pretty confident in our defence's ability to keep Southampton out at the moment because we look solid and we've looked quite solid all season yeah. for once. So. Well, apparently, so yeah, he was in training the other yeah. day, just making yeah. saves, diving about. <laughs> um, I, I fancy us to go do it. It's just whether. We're going to do it the proper Liverpool way of making everyone sweat until the last yeah, minute. Most likely. But, uh, yeah, I can't, I can't see us really slipping up in terms of losing the game. I, I can't see it. I'm not sure what you think. Yeah, uh, it'll be tough. Um, we're getting them a, a relatively bad time yeah. in terms of the, since the new, the new manager's done a really good job there. You know, he's they've been in good form and, they again, they beat Spurs recently. They're, on a, they're not they're no mugs anymore. They're, it helps that Danny Ings can't play. He's their best striker, and obviously he's, yeah. he's banned, which helps. Well, he's not allowed to play, which which helps. But like I say, they don't score tons and tons of goals. They're not like a, a massive goal threat. They, they are good. They've got good players, and they're, they're very good at set pieces. You know, World Prowse's set piece delivery has been unreal this year. He's scored, scoring free kicks around the box and stuff. But they're not a huge goal threat. Um, and like I say, our defence is very, very, very good. So. Listen, ultimately, if you're in the title race and you, we've got six games to go and you've got to go and beat Southampton away, you, then you've got to go and beat Southampton away. It's a battle for them. They're, in, they're very much in a relegation battle. There's tons for them to play for as well. They're not on the beach, but it's, it's just another obstacle. What I would say about Liverpool is by hook or by crook, whatever gets thrown at them, they, do, yeah. de- we've dealt with it. And again, it hasn't always been convincing and it hasn't always been, it hasn't been easy to watch and it's been very nervy at times. And, you know, we, like, we've, we've all broke our noses and cut our hands. <laughs> but... That that's the way. That's how it's got to be. It's got to be, and you just if we're going to lose this title, and we're not going to win it. It needs to. It can't be because you got beat us off Hampton away. It just yeah. can't. So again, by hook or by crook, we're better than them. There's a reason why we're top of the league and they're in a relegation battle. But again, you've got to pay them respect. I think the Friday night thing is interesting. It'll get their crowd right up for it. That shouldn't be an issue for Liverpool, really. I don't yeah. think because we're used to big nights under light. That's what we've always done. It's just. 
you know, the eighters because we you know we buy all their best players off them. We're one of the reasons they are where they are. So it's good. It's going to be a bit of an intense atmosphere. If Liverpool start like they did against Tottenham, we'll we'll score a couple and we can put the game to bed. If we play like we did from fifteen to eighty, then we're going to give them a really good chance. So I think, you know, although we won the last game, there's plenty to take from it. I imagine Jurgen, while he would have celebrated. I think sometimes when you win, it's easier to give your players a bit of a rollicking once yeah. you've won. Like that was great, well done. But this, 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 and this. And I imagine yeah. that that's what he'll have been doing in Melwood. So and at what happened? Like you know, why was why was Deli Ali on the edge of the box three times unmarked? Why why are we won against two? Yeah. You know, in the in the eighty fifth minute, that that you know all that would have been analysed and he'd have gone through it. And I, I I would expect a reaction. I think. Last minute winners have got this habit of galvanising you a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, after the Origi one at Everton, we went on a run where we didn't lose in the whole month. Hmm. And hopefully that, that that Tottenham game, maybe that kicks us on. I said, I predict like a, a, a two or three one type of game, but we're more than capable of going and snotting them like four yeah. and fives. Yeah. And they're more than capable of still, as good as they've been, they're not amazing at the back. So they've got that in them as well. Again, we can, there's some games where Liverpool can play eight out of ten and not win. Yeah. If Liverpool play eight out of ten against Southampton, then we'll win. We'll, we'll, we'll win going away. So that's that's kind of what's required. Yeah. Where do you think the midfield is? Because I think the defense does itself. The front three does itself. The midfield three has always been changeable this year. Do you think he'll go with Lallana or Cater? Now that we're probably going to need to break break them down. Obviously, I think Machine and Fabinho was going to start after his uh, his great cameo against uh, Spurs. Genie will start as well. I think he's just been awesome yeah, this year. Genie and um, Cater won't, won't be in there. I don't think. I think Adam gets back in then. Yeah, I think it'll be. Lallana, it, I think. It, it, listen, he could go the same again. He could go Henderson again, but yeah. I think he'll go for Bino, Wijnaldum, and Lallana. I think that's what he'll do. Just. Uh, I suppose that'll, the, that Lallana will be bangled for it as well. Obviously, he's got Southampton away his old team, so that might galvanise him a bit as well. And then you'll see Henderson for Porto. I think he's he's quite happy to rotate them in and mm. out the side. Um, I personally would pick Lallana as well. I think just the top, sorry Southampton will try and play a little bit, and again the, the press will work. And in recent weeks, he's he's kind of saved Lallana for teams against sort of games against teams down the bottom. So. Yeah. Plays him against Fulham and Burnley, and then he, I imagine he might play him against Southampton, and then you might not see him again until we play Huddersfield yeah. in a couple of weeks' time or whatever. It might be that that's his role on the side, and it makes sense. You know, he, he doesn't stay fit, but when he's what he will do, he'll hurry and harry, and he'll put pressure on on lesser players. I think good teams can still, you know, outrun him, but I think teams who are struggling a little bit, I think he's a good option. And I personally would, again, in, in an ideal way. Naby Keita would be fit and fired and, and the manager would trust yeah. him and everything would be brilliant because, and he'd be the player he was. But for whatever reason, it hasn't, that just isn't where we are right now and it might just be that we have to kind of wait on next year for that. I feel like, I feel like next year is Keita's year. Yeah, so it, might, and that might, that, it, might, it might just be that that's the way it is. We're going to have to yeah. kind of accept. For whatever reason, it hasn't. this year hasn't gone as we would all have liked and hoped. He, he really likes Lallana. He trusts him. Every time he's fit, he puts him back on the team. If he can, I think he'll pick Lallana. Well, he was, isn't he? Like Klopp's most used player in his first two seasons yeah. until he got injured. I think he played every game. I mean, he's had a bit of a. He's, he's been on a bit bad. of a slippery slope, hasn't he? Like in terms of, I think he, when we talk about people leaving, I think people are looking at him as one of the main yeah. candidates to leave as well. I'm going to look at the Burnley game. Like I thought, people were saying he was really good, and he was. And then people are saying you're comparing it to his usual standard, which is like a five out of ten, and he gave like a seven out of ten, but. Except that the Burnley game, he showed his quality. I think there was another game against West Ham where he gave the, the assist for the yeah, assist, which was yeah. offside. Like, but you know what I mean. He's got that quality in the, in the locker, and he, he's 
if he's on top form and harrying teams and he's got he's got he's got that ability to pick a pass yeah. or unlock a defence. So well, I mean a good shout for be, for being over Alden and Lilana. I mean that'd be a good little good if, if he plays he kind of he gives you two options to attack. Like the, the midfield I played the weekend, everything had to come from wide. You know, yeah. we're not going like to we're not going to play through anyone with yeah. Wijnaldum, Henderson with the Brexit you know. midfield. Yeah, we're not, yeah. it's not going to happen. With Fabinho is quite happy to play the ball forwards, yeah. um, and he will get the ball forward, and then it's a lot of picking up pieces off that. He'll get in. He'll get you know the edge of the box, and he'll he'll be playing those one twos and stuff like that. And he presses high. We saw well. bits yeah. against Fulham where he he done all right, but it, it just wasn't quite clicking. There was one where he blocked a pass, for example, where it just didn't work, but. He was there and thereabouts. I think that would make more sense to me in terms of. I don't think you need to have three out and out defensive minded players. Yeah. I get it. I get it against Tottenham. Yeah, of course. And Jurgen's quite a conservative manager in his ways. He, he will always respect the opposition to the level he thinks he needs to respect them to. Yeah. And again, and I'm not saying he'll disrespect Southampton, but I think he'll understand that they're, they're, again they're a lower league, they're a lower table team. Can't you? You can probably afford to get one. Lad, who's a bit more attacking, and to be fair to Lalana, he will, he'll do his defensive duty as yeah, well. So it's almost like a, you got your two defensive kind of minded players in Wijnaldum and Fabinho, and then Lalana's kind of a half and half. Yeah. If he wants to go full out attacking, you'd pick a Shakiri, yeah. or you, or you know, you play Firmino there and play Origi or something. Yeah. I think Lalana's kind of the halfway house, where you're respecting the opposition enough. You know, you're on their ground on a on a on a night game. But also, you know, we're Liverpool and we, we want to beat you. Yeah. I think Lallana's kind of that player. It should be Cater, but unfortunately, for whatever reason, it's not. Well, I think we've well, also think we're going to win. Um, Chambers back, probably not ready to start, but probably possibly make an appearance on the bench. Do you reckon? I still think I, I just I'm not I'm not expecting anything from him now. No, I think it's, you can't just put anything on him, even all seat, whatever. When he comes back or if he comes back, you got to kind of treat it as a bonus, and it'd be amazing if he does. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if he did it. Porto at home in the, in the Champions mm. League on Tuesday I think Give a uh, bit of a run out I think maybe that would make more sense off the bench and stuff like that I think in a, because in a first leg you can always make it up that's you a know, high pressure scenario yeah, it's, it's a big it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a Champions League quarter final it's a big game but if, he's off, if he comes off the bench and it kind of doesn't work and whatever, for whatever reason you've always got the second leg to kind of back yourself up with there's no you know there's no mulligans in the Premier League race there's no do-overs it's a, if you mess this one up Tough. The league's done, yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, you're, you're in trouble, yeah. aren't you? You're, you're very much behind the eight ball. So I wouldn't expect anything from him if he's going to get in. I wouldn't. I, I think it, you're probably looking more European home games. Yeah, and again, it, he, he's been out for so long, but you just can't expect anything from him. It would just be nice for him to mm. to get on the pitch and get you know get the ovation that he deserves for, for what yeah. he's done. But it would, I think it would be almost foolish to try and rely on him or, or yeah. expect anything from him at this stage. I think it's just been so long and, and he, the injury was so bad. He wasn't even meant to be fit for the whole season anyway. You kind of have to just treat him as a, as a bonus if you get him. Mm. Well, we've got a Twitter question that sort of goes with the next player that's coming up for it, Joe Gomez. So what's the question? So it's a question from Nick, and he says, does Matip make way for Gomez or Lovren and any of the remaining Premier League or Champions League games? I wouldn't. I think Matip stepped up really well. I think both you fully you fit. Take him out at the minute, can you? He's, 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 he's given you no reason to take him out. I think both fully fit. Joe Gomez is better given his performances at the start of the 100%. season. Yeah. But right now, firstly, it's a big risk. Like you said, bringing Chamberlain in would be a big risk. Bringing Gomez in would be a big risk, considering that Matip and Van Dijk have sort of got a good little partnership now. Um, and he's stepped up a lot. Matip right now is a lot better than where I placed him at the start of the season. 
I don't know what you guys think, but I think Matip should definitely stay. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like he's always got that ability to fuck up in him. Like I always, that's good. Just, just, I think it's just the way he's on the way he's on the ball. Like he, he reminds me like a Traore. Just looks dead leggy, but he looks like he's he's got like a, a Burnley back heel into back into his own goal <laughs> now and again. So, uh, but yeah, he's he, he's done enough to warrant staying in the team. Like he's he's really stepped it up. Obviously, being alongside Van Dijk improves anyone, but. Um, until we can be sure Gomez isn't isn't going to like break down or whatever. Like obviously, I'm always worried about him with injuries because he's had that so many for someone so young. So I'm I'm always worried about him. But if Mata stays fit and is playing as he is, I don't see no reason to take him out. Yeah, I think again, I wouldn't change it for Friday. I think if he's going to do it again, it might be Porto. Yeah. At some stage, he's not going to just play the same team every week. You mm. know, when we're playing two or three games a week, or obviously midweek Champions League games, he will freshen up. Um. He loves Lovren. Like he loves for whatever reason. I don't. I, I quite like Lovren, but I, I don't love him as much as Jurgen Klopp does. I think on his day is very good. Yeah. But he has got that run of games where he can be awful. Yeah, and I think so. I imagine he'll get a he'll get a look in between now and then or whatever. Yeah. And I imagine what he won't want is that you know Matter plays every game and then it gets to those two games for the season as an injury and you throw someone in cold. I do think he would like to keep one of Lovren and Gomez tipping over. It might be that he. Uses Gomez as a right back in our game or two as well. Yeah. You know, um, Friday I wouldn't touch it. I think, no. I think it, you know a short week. I, I wouldn't be changing it right now for an away no, game. Definitely. I think, like I say, there's there's home games after. I think we play Porto, then we get Chelsea, and then after that we've got to run with against you know lower opposition teams. You know the likes of Huddersfield or whatever. Where you might you might be able to do something. I don't think he's just going to keep going and going and going with the same no. back, front three and back four because you just. He's always rotated, and he, especially at right back and, that, and the centre half next to Virgil. So we will see Gomez at some point, I imagine, and we will see Lovren at some point. I just wouldn't do it now. I'm but thinking. Having that said that, if you ask me to pick our best team, there's a Champions League final tomorrow when everyone's fit and Joe Gomez plays. Of course he does. Yeah. But football isn't you know black and white, is it? Yeah, exactly. There's grey areas, isn't it? And at the minute, Matip and and Van Dijk are doing well. Why risk upsetting it now? Again, there's games where. It's it's less of a risk to do it, and that's when you do it. I wouldn't. I definitely not in an away game against the relegation battling team who are fighting for their lives. I just don't. I don't see the, the sense in it. I think the ideal situation would be we batter Porto in the first leg, mm. and he's got the second leg to sort of rotate, throw a few players in, and Keep rest the guys for, for Chelsea or whatever. But we'll see. Got but, one know, I know um, Porto Robertson is suspended. Yeah, he you, misses the first leg. Yeah. I mean, you, you might see Gomez go at left back just to get him on the pitch oh, yeah. for a, you know. A, oh, we Albert. <laughs> In, Little Albert, yeah, maybe Alberto. <laughs> but uh, that could be a way where you, how you get Gomez back into a team True. is that you you could just stick, he's played left back before he's not he's not a left back. I think he three debuted. He played a few yeah, he started, he started yeah. as Liverpool career there. I yeah. think maybe that's one way where you might be able to get him get him into the team just to get some minutes under again. It sounds like I'm disrespecting Porto and I'm not, but it's a it's a two legged affair where you can afford to make me mistakes if you need to. Yeah. Again, Robert, that's where Robertson he can't play. He's banned, so someone's got to play there. Obviously, the consensus probably would be Milner, but he, he might think, "Well, I need to get Joe some minutes in his legs. I could give I could give him an hour there." Yeah. Menino's leaving in the summer anyway, so he probably doesn't give a toss about him at, at this point. Mm. And Gomez is good enough to do a job there. Do you yeah, know he'd what be I mean? fine. he's, he's yeah. pacey and powerful. Like as long as I was worried about because of the, the last injury he's got, he was at right back. Where any he seems to get these injuries when he's at full back, but uh, yeah, he, he's more than capable to do a, a good job at left back. We'll, we'll see what happens. I think we have got one more question. Same question. Well, there was a second one from Nick. It just said if the Champions League leads to penalties, what's the lineup? So I'm assuming that means who takes it. In the, I'm, I'm just going to take it as if we get to the Champions League final, 
Use your, use your five. That take that take your pens. Milner. Yeah. If he's on the pitch. Salah. Yeah. Uh, I've got my. Do you want me to tell me my five? Go on. I've got Milner number one, Fabinho number two, Trent number three, Firmino number four, Virgil five. I wouldn't I'd, pick Salah. I don't know. Sometimes the way he strikes the ball worries me. He would definitely take one. He, whether you yeah, want him to. Yeah. He held his nerve for the Egypt in the qualifiers. <laughs> I, don't think he's a, I don't think he's a great pen taker. No, I don't know I don't what Mane. Yeah. Firmino's record, he's took four and missed two. I'd for swap Firmino for Virgil. I'd swap Firmino for I imagine Salah. What, I keep Virgil there. What he yeah, would do, depend, if, again, presuming everyone's on the pitch because you don't know, you've played extra yeah. time, but yeah. he would pick. He would want Milner, he would pick Milner, Salah, Firmino, definitely. If Trent's on the pitch, I think he'd pick Trent. Yeah. And then it'd be the last one. And he, that's where, he, again, Fabino would make sense. Or I think the last one's always who's feeling it. Yeah, it's and Virgil would definitely do Van it. Dijk, Van Dijk yeah, would definitely, yeah, he'd yeah, be yeah. fine with it. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't want Henderson anywhere near it. Seriously, <laughs> take penalties, a dreadful penalty taker. <laughs> if ne- Ox is on the pitch, I'd want Ox to take one. Yeah, Manny, I know Manny takes them it. internationally, so Manny would probably be there as yeah. well. But yeah, it would be a, I don't think we're blessed. At the minute, no. great. We've got one. You know, Milner's a great penalty taker. Yeah. Fabino's record was great um, in Monaco. Yeah, but yeah, other than that, I, I, I it would be a, a squeaky bum time <laughs> yeah, for sure. It, we in recent years we're not that good at penalties anymore. We, we went for a stage where we won them loads, but yeah. you know, Coutinho was garbage at them when and he kept taking them and stuff like that. So you know, let, let's hope we get we, them. Resigned Cout and get him on the pitch as yeah. well. <laughs> Uh, we've got one more question. I'm not sure who it's from, but it's um, about racism in football. And I think it, it goes off of what happened to, with, with Sterling in... Um, where the hell were they playing? Montenegro. 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 Yeah, uh, that keen thing for Juventus last night. Oh, yeah, Moyes Keane. Yeah. I think I've got it here. It's by Fletcher, the admin, isn't he? Yeah. Um, thoughts on the recent racist behaviour and how would we stop it? I think clearly thoughts are... There's no room for it, is there? Um, especially when you've got <laughs> one of your best players is black, the other best player is African. Like Liverpool can't exactly be a racist club at the moment, can they? I think it was the Benucci comments, was it? I think he said something like, "What well, he should he should keep, take some of the blame, yeah, the insight, take, is it?" Yeah. So it's like I don't understand that. That, that kind of made ten times worse. Like he's he's more than entitled to go to the crowd and stand in front of them. Like I've just got against you if they're giving him abuse all game. The, the issue is, and I saw Lukaku say, for example, England players that he should, he should probably should have walked off the pitch and stuff. And it, you know, it's all well and good saying that, and I, I get it, and it, 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 they do it. But you know, when you, you, I just don't trust UEFA or FIFA or whoever. If we, if, if your team walked off the pitch to back you and go right, that's fine. You should have done that. Yeah. You know, they probably penalise you and say, well, you forfeited the game. And as much as three points is only three points in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter when there's young lads getting horrendous abuse, like the England, mm. you know, Calamont's on his, his 18, playing his second game first start, and he's getting abuse. It's, it's vile. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the only way to stop it, well, in terms, you, all you can do is bans and stuff like that, which is fine, but that doesn't change anything. That doesn't stop racists being racists. No, exactly. Racists are racists because they're scumbags and they're racists. So that's the way you brought up. That's an educational thing throughout whatever country it is, whether it's Montenegro or it's Italy or it's England. Because we, God knows, you know, we've had issues Chelsea and Arsenal in recent years. Yeah. I remember years ago an Oldham player got racially abused by a Liverpool fan. So no one's, no one's uh, perfect in terms yeah, of exactly. anyone. But it's it's all it's like it's almost a case of like that's great, and you can buy, by all means if you want to ban the Montenegro fans from the stadium, that's fine. But then when they come back in. Has that stopped them being racist anymore? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, well, they're not. They're not not racist. Maybe they're just keeping their mouths shut. I suppose that's a better option than than the abuse that lads are getting. But 
I saw John Barnes' interview on it a while ago, and he said, the only way it'll change is if we, you know, the people who are five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten now, drill it into them that when they grow up, don't be, don't just don't do it. You know, what I mean? mm. and unfortunately, when there's felt, you know, those lads who abuse Raheem Sterling, they'll have kids, and by osmosis, their kids are gonna. There's a gonna good chance. The same, they, yeah. There's a good chance their kids are gonna, and not not by their own fault, but they're gonna pick up. You know, my, da- my dad doesn't like black people, or my dad doesn't like Asians or Muslims or whoever, yeah. and you'll kind of pick it up by osmosis, and then it's, and then so if they then they think that might be right, and then they do the same thing. It's it's, it, it, it's easy to say ban them and throw, and I, I get it, and it would work, and it would stop the next game, and it would you know playing in an empty stadium, that's fine, but it doesn't it doesn't stop people being racist. It just stops people being racist at a football match. So is the is the question? I just football fans being racist by all means dock points yeah. if that's what you want to do by all, if, you know, if, you, if your fans are racist yeah. you lose three points stay away just, that, that's one yeah. way to do it but then it's a societal issue isn't it as a whole we're, we're, we're a very you can't fix that can I don't know how that's a football's responsibility to fix but yeah. that it's, mm. that's just the society and I don't know how to change it and until that changes you're, you're going to get these events and it's, it's really sad like I say I saw the Aventus game I was watching it and it's horrendous the lads get, you know, it's 2019, lads get monkey noises thrown at them. It's, it's, it's yeah. absurd. It's, it's yeah. genuinely absurd. Yes. But, I mean, you, by all means, ban, ban the opposition. It was Calgary, was it? Uh, Calgary. Yeah. By, by all means, ban them. I'm fine. But then, does that mean the next game? Does If that, if that does it give their fans pause? And if it does, that's a good thing. Don't get me wrong. But it doesn't mean they're not racist. It just mm. means they're not being racist because they don't want their fans to get yeah, banned. Yeah. So, it just turns away from being a football issue and then they are going to be racist somewhere else because yeah. they're racist. So, Football's way of doing it. I agree. I would. I would. I would have bans and I would have points deductions. I think yeah. you can do it, but it's not going to stop idiots being racist. Yeah, and it, like you say, in the football terms, you dock points. Don't, they'll shut up. Or you, every ground now, CCTV. Just find out who it is and just ban them from the stadium. Just for good. Just no yeah, more. That's you what can't Klopp come said, back. Didn't Klopp come out and said, um, if you if you if you're stopping the game or there's players walking off, they're winning in a way because. Like, the game's getting stopped. Like you need, like you said, CCTV needs to be used if it can be. I don't know. Some of these stadiums probably aren't as like up to date as the stadiums over here. But uh, Klopp said you need you need to find the individuals that are doing it. But then, like Steve said, like it, it could be some of them are racist and they're just not doing it. If that would have, if that one person who's being racist that time wasn't there, there might be someone else who's doing it. So mm. it's it's a slippery slope. It's just isn't hard it? to do, isn't it? Yeah. There is no real solution. Yeah. It's just it's how you raise your kids. I've got a four-year-old yeah. son, and I will. And I'm, it's a bit young now, but you, you you just raise them to respect people. It doesn't matter what colour yeah. skin is or where yeah, they're yeah, from, whatever. Yeah. That that's what you've got to do. And until it, it, and it's so idealistic to say because it's very rarely going to happen. But unless unless everyone does that with their kids, and we get to a world where you know you don't you don't grow up where your dad's making a racist joke or you know he's a Muslim family move into your street and they're like what's going on here you know and, yeah. and it's, it should just yeah. be it is what it is it's fine until we get to that point there's always going to be idiots and the, the thing with football is football will always reflect society and at the minute it, we're going to all know the, the world is mad yeah. it's so divided and that's why football that's, and it's, it's just it's not legitimising it but when you, you, you got, when you go to a game on a Saturday you're your true self just exaggerated because you're emotional, you're high yeah, on your emotions. So if you're an emotional racist, it just means you're more likely to be a racist yeah. in that crowd. Where you, you know, all through the week you might think, I hate him, he's black, or I hate him, he's from or whatever. Yeah, but, you, but you don't say nothing. Yeah. But then you go to a football match and it, it, it comes out here because you're because you're you're emotional. It, again, I'm all for. I agree. I think you know, once I grow, should have 
points taken off them in that point. They should just should. I don't think it's a and that might prevent them being racist there. But that, again, until the world is better, <laughs> I don't it's know. Gonna when, keep happening, it's, yeah. it's off again. It keep, I go back to it. It's not football's moral duty. Almost football has to kind of react to it. But what I would say is that when you see punishments of like ten grand fines or the lad who were racially abused, um, re, uh, sorry, re-abused that, mm. and they closed one stand in an under twenty three game. That's your punishment. That's just nonsense. That that, that that's not a deterrent. Yeah. You know, football can it can't change racism, but it can deter them from being racist in stadiums. And that's where it probably needs to change. You know, they don't care if their football club gets fined. Mm. Who gives? They don't give a toss. Yeah. You know, it's not them. Is it? They're not. They're not getting hit. But if you say to them, "You can't come into our ground to watch this match," or your team have been docked five points because you're an idiot, then that does affect the person. Yeah. Fine and fine, and them does absolutely nothing because all that happens is the. The, the, all right, the club are down 20, 50 grand, whatever. Arsed. Mm. So that, that, and that's the point is that fines do nothing. In all, in football, fines are like, it's, it's a slap on the wrist. It's nothing. It? I mean, Jürgen Klopp yeah. got fined for running on a pitch. <laughs> Does that mean he's, is that worse, better or worse? I mean, a racist, well, it's worse, but the, the, the punishment's the same. Yeah. And that's kind of where football lets itself yeah. down. And that's why, listen, I'm, I've never been racially abused, obviously, for, but I imagine for, for people who've been through it, like a Sterling, you know, the, or John Barnes, who looks at it. And they see a fine happen. It must be so. It must be like, yeah. you know, a Sterling tweeted about Benucci saying, you know, you have to laugh almost because yeah. it's it's so bad. It's hard for us to say because you know I've never been in that position myself. But it, it, when you see nothing happening, it must be really frustrating. Hmm. So I, I do get why there's a why he's he's almost laughing at it now, yeah. and he's taken that approach, hasn't he? He started. He gave the ears to the fans. He's I laugh, love that. He's done it. He's laughing at them on on social media because he's kind of taking ownership of it, isn't he? It's it's a really difficult one, but. By all means, again, fines is just a, it's a terrible. It's not a solution. It's just an it's a it's an empty gesture. Yeah, yeah it's like we want to do something about it, but we're not really going to do anything about it. Yeah, but yeah, there's no really way forward, is there? Apart from uh, you say, just raise praise kids, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, start of the foundations. But either way, um, we're, we're coming to the end now. I just thought we would ask you a bit of, about you and how you became involved with Redmen. What, what you do there? Oh, yeah. so. Um, my job by day, I'm the MD of a media company, so I run websites, um, mm. the Read Network, away for a company called Fresh Press Media. So I'm at the director of that. So I, my day job is just football all day, every day. It's been you know, running websites for, for pretty much all the big teams in, in England, in Scotland as well, and stuff like that. So I'm always involved in football. In terms of Redmen, um, when I was like years and years ago, I was doing a bit of blogging on the side, and when I was working in a supermarket and Basically, the lads just said to me, we're looking for a guest who's in Liverpool, would you want to come on a show? I went down, talked about the Reds for a bit. It was much much less professional than it is now. The guys, they were above a pub in, in a in a studio. They had, they had no staff. Paul was doing everything himself, doing all the... I think he, him and Chris were doing it around their jobs. It was very much a part-time thing. Um, and I was a guest on the show, and they, obviously I must have done all right because he kept asking me to go back and back, and then... As I say, I, I left my old job and we've done this new role where I'm, I'm remote, I can work from home. It means I can... I, so I, every week, I, one day a week, I travel to their studio. I work from there all day doing my own day job. But in, in like lunch breaks or dinner breaks or whatever we film, I, I'll take time out and I'll, I host a show called The Reds News Roundup, which is a subscriber show. Um, I'm a guest sometimes on their, on their YouTube shows and stuff like that. But it literally came about. I was, I was like I say, nothing fancy. I was doing blogging. And they asked me, "Will I come on the show?" I went on. I'm now very good friends with Paul and Chris. I, you know, I treat them as, as very good friends. Obviously, they, 
they come to my kids' birthday parties, I go to their kids, we, we, mm. we socialise away from it as well, but it was literally a case of doing a bit of blogging and then they asked me to go down and from where they'd gone, where they were above, you know, in a room above a pub with two lads to yeah. now they've got studios, they've got staff, they've got you know, equipment that's, you know, thousands of pounds, decent, you know, decent yeah, gear, they've got, stuff, yeah. they've got themselves a studio, multiple studios, so they've done well for themselves, but I take very little credit for it. They, they're the ones who do it. I kind of just turn up once a week and get myself <laughs> get me top of football for an hour yeah. to to get out the house. But what what it does and what it shows to me is that like I'll go to a game and someone there might be a person who watches Red Men TV, and when you're all filming a show, you kind of don't appreciate that. You know, you see a number like oh, twenty thousand people watch that. You don't really put a number to it but that's, but that's 20,000 people who have took their time to click onto that game onto their screen yeah. on the phone or on the computer or or how they've watched it and then you realise bloody hell 25, that's like half of Anfield or that's like, 100,000 right. people watch this video that's double Anfield like, uh, it's I weird. come from Gibraltar that's like 30,000 people yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you get more than our population yeah. of views exactly it's it, it, it's, it is but, and I love meeting like people who not like think you know, I'm not saying like, I like getting recognised I don't care but I like people who Enjoy the content because I know like how much hard work goes into it. And like I say, I'm I'm a very small part of it, but the, they work all the hours God sends and stuff, and they do well. I'm just kind of riding their coattails a little bit. I get to, <laughs> to go and talk about footy for a bit, but in terms of like my show, it's literally I, I host the new show, so they Chris will do and Paul will really draw down onto games like we've kind of done on the show, yeah. but then I'll focus on the stuff that's happening away from it, whether it be transfer stories mm. or injury news or, or what whatever is whatever going is on. happening yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, do, we'll do an hour a week where we just kind of go through all that mm. it's a kind of like a, a Redman version of like Sunday supplements or something where you know we just go yeah, through yeah. the biggest stories of the week and, and go and like like we guys have just done just chat among friends and chat football and that's kind of what I do there and, uh, yeah, I do enjoy it again it's, it's just nice to talk about Liverpool to, again to Liverpool and, and, yeah. and it gives me the opportunity like I say Live events and stuff where, where yeah. I've been fortunate, to, and I, and it's, I'm quite lucky that they've invited you know they keep asking me to go back, which is very really kind of them, and it's gone really well, and I, I do enjoy doing it for sure. Yes, well, thanks a lot for coming on. I really That's appreciate you coming on. Yeah, of course, man. I think you're like what fourth Redmen member now. We're making so, our way. Yeah. Who've you had? Ross, Ben, Chris. Chris. Oh, the big man. Yeah, yeah next yeah, week we've got we've got we've got someone else next week. Yeah, look at you. Te- teaser. <laughs> Who's left? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, Paul. Paul yeah. <laughs> Thanks again for coming Network.